Hello and Happy New Year. We are back with Layback with Betfair. I am Tom Haylock. We've got the first major tennis tournament of the season or the year coming up in the Australian Open and uh, no better man to join me than Steve Quick from Ace Previews. How are you, great man? Not too bad, thanks. Thanks very much for having me in. It's good to have you here and you're the expert in tennis. So I've got to admit oh, I'm not uh, the best, especially with the pronunciations of some of these players, but I um, want to get your background. Obviously, Ace underscore Previews on Twitter. That's yep. right. Yep, um, correct. You've obviously... Uh, very well known to Betfair people. You've been doing some work with SEN through us. You've been doing previews on the hub. Your, your work is fantastic. Very knowledgeable in all things tennis, mates. Um, what's your background? How did you get into it? I mean, initially, it's just more coming from growing up playing tennis. So I picked up a racket at a very early age, um, played tennis all the way through. And, and when I left school, the job kind of path that I went down didn't involve tennis, didn't involve yep. the and didn't involve maths, which I really liked at school. Um, so I thought, you know, when I started to kind of be a bit more aware of the tennis tour across the year and, and what was going on and, you know, the possibilities that could come with it, it just kind of something that naturally kind of evolved from when I was 18, 19. And that's now we're over a decade later and things have, have certainly evolved. Um, but yeah, it's just been a, a passion. You know, I, I'm, I watched the tour year round anyway, yes. and then bringing that maths kind of background into it and knowing enough about players and what's going on and, particularly with tennis, the, it's so subjective in a lot of ways. You know, if you compare to some of the other sports like, you know, AFL and NFL, you know, you've got a, a match every week. Everyone's primed for that. Yep. You know, you, you know kind of what's going to be involved in that match. But when you look at tennis, you know, people could be coming from different continents, you know, coming off a quick backup, being off for three weeks. And, and I guess having a, an intimate knowledge of all of that has, has really held me in good stead over the last so decade. So there's a more, uh, probably a less mathematical base and data base in that regard because there's so many different elements. But how much does maths and data come into it in, your, in what you do? Yeah, there is more just feel and following and watching the matches? There is an element. I think there are, and, and not just for myself, there are some people who are very data heavy and just yes. focus just on the data. Yep. Um, whereas it's, it's kind of trying to find that balance a little bit of, of knowing what the data is telling you around, you know, serve hold percentage and break percentage and you know what players are doing um you know across their matches across the short medium long term but then also knowing these other factors you know like travel you know are they traveling from one continent to another and have to play you know the next day those kind of things to know what impact that will have on a match as well and in terms of um surfaces obviously we've got different surfaces around the world and they assume all tournaments throughout the world and the circuit play differently as well and you've got to watch those and factor those in yep definitely so surface speed and you know different hard courts can play at different speeds um and then you obviously got the clay and the grass as well other things like altitude so a lot of tournaments are played at interesting at higher altitude so you know the balls kind of zip through the air a little bit quicker and it favors the bigger servers so there's lots of things that you do need to consider um but i think that's kind of you know what makes it enjoyable that there isn't just a you know everyone's going to be playing in the same conditions every week and you know everything's perfect that there is a lot of variability i think that that is what appeals. Yep. Um, Australian Open's the first tournament of the year. They're coming off uh, somewhat of a break. You were telling me earlier, obviously, a lot of players haven't played for the end of last season, mid-November. They're coming off a break. How does that uh, How does that influence the Australian Open? I, I imagine there's a bit of unknown going into the first tournament of the year. Yeah, definitely. So there is unknown, and it's you know it's almost the equivalent of of you know, an AFL team having a preseason and then going straight to the finals. They're going kind of from zero to a hundred straight away. So knowing how players kind of finished the end of the year last year, and then looking at how, you know, that can impact potentially, you know, their off season or their preseason, how well they've trained, if they've had any injuries, those sort of things, 
you only really get the the fortnight before the Australian Open to really try and figure all that out. So it's it's challenging. It can make the Australian Open challenging as a as a spectacle, but you know there's a, a lot of quality tennis, and you know you know at the end of the day, all the players who are coming are, are giving a hundred percent. So you know that motivation isn't going to be an issue. True, maybe for some, maybe curious, maybe <laughs> we'll see. Um, how how do you go about betting? Obviously, Betfair, um, you've got the ability to, to lay and trade and, and back. We'll talk about trading a bit coming up as well and, and what you do and, and a bit of a back-to-school segment. But um, do you trade a lot? Do you just bet head-to-head? Do you bet lines? Any All of it, wherever you've got an edge? Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically all of it. But a, a lot of it in the, the first instance is you know, pre-match. There is a lot of that. But I will generally get involved more so in kind of the outright markets You know, as, as you see matches unfold. Um, across the course of a tournament um, you know if you're sitting there and you're particularly watching you know during the Australian Open in particular if you've got players who are you know starting to stretch between points or you feel like they're kind of on the verge of cramping or something's about to, to go amiss then you can tend, you know jump in and try and get those those longer odds there because things can turn very very quickly such as the nature of the the tennis scoring system um, but yeah look it's, it's a bit of a, a mixed bag it's a bit of everything I think there's so many options and you know tennis is played 11 months of the year every day so there's plenty of options about that's the beauty of Betfair as well. There's so many options with trading and lay betting and, and back betting, obviously. And we'll talk a bit more about that. Um, you've watched the shows before. Um, you might be aware that we do a little thing called a lay bin where yes. a couple of our guests come in and get fired up about something that's making them grumpy. Yep. I've got plenty. The, yep. the new year hasn't been kind of me. Um, what, you got anything for us? Oh, look, any tennis related, any personal oh, stuff? Look, there's plenty of tennis ones, but I'll, I'll stick it to a couple and I'll, I'll leave a certain men's tennis player from Australia out of it for now. Oh, come um, on, fire up. Right, well, man, we'll start <laughs> off with the first one. So the first one I have is, uh, look, it's Tennis Australia and, and giving Venus Williams a wild card for the Australian Open this year. So yeah, right. she's 42 years of age. Um, just to give you a bit of a background of her form coming into the Australian Open. So since the start of 2020, she's won five matches. Yes. And lost 21. Yeah, all right. So she's not playing a How lot. How old is she? 42. 42. Yeah. So we obviously saw Serena kind of get the farewell that maybe wasn't a farewell, but we're still not sure. Could be a farewell at the US Open last year. That's another lay-bin topic. <laughs> maybe, for a, maybe, maybe for another show. <laughs> There's a show. few of them. There's a yeah. few of them. Um, but they've given Venus Williams a wild card here instead of giving it to a young Australian to give them an opportunity. And I think, you know, Australian Ooh. tennis players and women's players in particular – you know, there's been so many who are kind of sitting through that kind of, you know, 100, 200, 300 rankings in the world. You know, they're investing a lot of money to kind of travel around to try and find these tournaments throughout the year to be able to, you know, boost their ranking. If you lose the first round of the Australian Open, you get over $100,000, which for a young... Can I get a wild card? Yeah, exactly. So for a young <laughs> women's tennis player... Yes. Or anyone who's outside that top 100, that's, that's massive in terms of that earning ability compared to their week-to-week... I just don't know if Venus... Venus doesn't need the 100000 I, I don't think she needs 100000 but I don't think she moves <laughs> the needle in the same way that Serena does in terms of... like I, I just don't know that she's bringing the same... I don't know. I don't know. To the she, same there'd extent. Be, there'd be, no, not to the same extent as Serena, um, the GOAT, but you'd think that a lot more people would watch Venus at 42 than a no-name Australian at 200. Potentially, but I it's think all, it's also... All dollar try, driven, it's, 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 it's trying to find that balance. And I yeah, think it is. You know, they're, yeah. they're trying to... to you know, obviously encourage that viewing in and obviously Serena is gone, but they also got a couple of matches out of Serena at the US Open. Yep. Whereas I just don't know we're gonna see that with Venus. So I think she's just taking some wild cards. She hasn't really announced whether it's the end or, or anything. I just wonder if that's just causing mm. a 
a bit of an issue there. But the other one is the United Cup that's been on the, you know, it started in the last week or so, I think. Now, Kyrgios pulled out of this at the last minute. Is Kyrgios, that right? Yeah, I think he pulled out about 10 minutes before Leighton Hewitt had to front the media. Oh, big stuff for you. Yeah, that's, that's in the lay bin. Yeah, that's... Um, we couldn't go a lay bin without mentioning No, exactly. Sure. So, uh, look, uh, uh, well, you know, in a way, they've had a difficult relationship for a number of years now. Yeah. Yet, Leighton has that mantle of the coach of, you know, the captain of all of these men's teams, you yep. know, pretty consistently without any, you know, query or question. Um Look what happened in the cricket when Justin Langer perhaps lost some of the support of the that top players. That should be in the lay bin, that whole situation. Well, that just fired me up even further. Yeah. So, you know, looking at that, that no one's really questioning Leighton's spot <clears throat> when he doesn't know how to handle the best player, who's someone who will, you know, when you're playing ties that are only three matches or five matches, you put Kyrgios in for one or two. Yeah. You bring Kokonakis in as well, mm. who they can play doubles, you know, they won the Oz Open doubles last year that changes the dynamic significantly that is there someone else out there that could potentially kind of handle everything interesting so the tournament's just been a debacle since then yeah look it hasn't been great i mean i when i found out i think it was in early december you know when they announced that the teams and who were going to be playing i thought you know what i'll take a look at at the um you know australia versus spain and you think there you go you know what you probably get tickets you know if you live in sydney you probably go get the kids to that Kyrgios versus Nadal, Demonor's playing, Tom Janovic's playing, Paula Badosa, you know, top five in the world. They're all playing. You take a look at who actually played <laughs> that tie. So, obviously, Demonor played uh, Nadal. So, yes. that was a cracking match. One. Yep. So mm, great victory. That was great. You move to the second day. So, there were three ties to come. Keep in mind at this point in time... So, as Nadal's we, being kicked out. So, Nadal, Nadal's he, finished. Yeah. He, he was listed to play mixed. Yeah. But it was effectively at this point in time, neither team could make it through out of the group stage. It was three dead rubbers. Oh. So you've you've paid your money. You've you know put the Christmas presents under the tree with the tickets to go see Spain and Australia, and you've ended up watching <laughs> uh, Buzas Maniero versus Gadecki and Kubler versus Ramos. Who? Exactly. So <laughs> it, it is kind of trying to find that balance a little bit of, you know, we've got all these big names, but if you're going to put them into dead rubbers and, and make them play. Oh, you know, yeah. play for nothing of course they're going to give the opportunity to these other players to get a little bit of cash and to get some yep. ranking points because Nadal doesn't need it no true that's a good lay-in mate good lay you um, I went to trivia last night and the host was the worst host you've ever seen that's in mm. the lay-in like getting the answers <laughs> wrong mixing up the questions absolute lay-in the man cat in the cricket that's been a top uh, yep. discussion point now I used to be on the side of don't man cat but mm-hmm. now and now that you see how far these batsmen are taking the P P one double five and taking ground and cheating, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I thought I, I found that rule with um, Zampa's arm at above the horizontal. The vertical. point of release or that yeah. I just if he's out of the ground, stump him, it's get him it. out, man cat him. It's a bit like the underarm serve in tennis. Like people Ooh, kind yes. of frown upon it a little bit. Where do you sit? Do it. Do it. You're the technology in the tenant, like if, if you're going to serve, if you're going to stand that far back, I like it. You you just have to deal with what comes across the net. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then we saw the Test cricket. Now, bad light stopping play at two thirty p.m. in Sydney in the middle of January, or the start of January. Mm-hmm. Get in the lay bin. <laughs> Don't go off at two thirty p.m. because of a bit of cloud. Harden up. Test cricket's for the viewer. They mm-hmm. need to change the dial a little bit and think about the money 
and you said it off air you were watching and you flipped it off and you just play how hard is it conditions it's an outdoor sport people yeah starts drizzling for 12 seconds they go off and it stops running covers going on and off all day sydney weather still in the lay-bin but gee it annoys me just play and it was annoying for us sitting at home if you were well, there that's the point sitting in the stands as well imagine if you paid good money and you're sitting there you'd just go to the bar wouldn't you um where do you sit on new year's eve that's in the lay-bin for me yeah, I didn't get to midnight. I, <laughs> I'll be honest. It's, it's just... We're getting old. Yeah. I, I, I just... I think I flicked on the 9.30 fireworks and... Too funny. Know, had a couple of drinks and that was it, really. Just... No. Nah. Too funny. All right, let's get to some betting, mate. And I'll, do obviously, it. we're doing this before the draw, yep. which makes it a bit tricky. And we'll touch on things to look for for the draw. Mm-hmm. But we've got two pronounced favourites. Um, Svitek in the women's $2.70 at the moment, betfair.com.au. Um, Sabalenka, $13.50. Garcia, $15. Um, I don't know how to pronounce. Is it Jabur? Yeah, on Jabur. On Jabur. Uh, $16.50. So they're the top four in the betting there. We'll start with the women's, but obviously in the men's draw, we've got um, a firm favourite who's back this year um, yeah, he's won just, his first match with immigration Novak Djokovic he's made yeah, his way into so the he didn't get deported this year no, Djokovic so, so he's he's short price favourite in the men's we'll touch on all about him coming up later in the show but women's Igus Fitek 2 loss 70 mm-hmm. backing or laying I am doing neither at the moment I think so that fence price okay. um, fence sitting on that one just How for you now <laughs> you're right yeah. look it, it is one of those ones and it, it, the, the weird part I think with the the women's draw it's very similar to last year when Ash Barty was at the top however I just don't think that Shriantek has the same consistency that that Barty had so it's a little bit tricky to get too involved she's still playing you know lead up tournaments there's still a bit of water to go under the bridge between now and then Um, and I think that price is about right uh, for for a pre-draw the reason why I said it's a little bit tricky with the women's is you know the the nature of the tournament and, and, and how it stacks up there are a lot of women's players who can beat anyone basically on tour on their day. I just don't think they can do it for seven matches in a row to be able to to win the overall thing. So it depends on where they fall in the draw compared to Triantex. If, if they she, all, so she's the one to beat. She's the one you to want beat. to be on the other side of the draw to her. Is that yes. right? Yeah. So, so you meet her in a final and then anyone can win. Yeah. So at the moment, you know, Anjabor is looking to be the number two seed. Yes. So you're looking at kind of the $16.50 there for her. You know that She's not going to face Shriantek until the final. Yep. So that's kind of the key thing to work with. But then it's going to be kind of working quickly once the draw comes out to kind of figure out who else is around. And I guess, you know, if I wanted to list just a couple of players... So is she a bet... Sorry, is, is Onsjabor a bet at 16.50 just knowing that? Yeah, I think, I think seat? from a trading Tra- point, yeah. perspective... We'll talk on trading Yeah, a bit. she does struggle a little bit with uh, extreme heat that you can sometimes get in Melbourne in the, the back end of January. Yep. But looking at it overall, you know, she's she's gone deep at Wimbledon, made the final of Wimbledon. She went deep again at the US Open. She's finding that consistency at the at the Grand Slams. I think she's one definitely to consider at that price. Right. Um, you were saying, sorry before I cut you off rudely, um, other players to look forward? Yeah, in so in, in terms of Shriotek and, and the players to kind of avoid, you know, you, you want to see away from her, I think, in the draw. If you look around the, the lines of, you know, Yelena Ostapenko, Ekaterina Alexandrova, even, you know, Garbin Muguruza, Camilla Georgi, uh, Danielle Collins, there's all these players who can play that brutal 
aggressive style of tennis that yep. on their day, you know, if they're redlining, everything's going perfectly, they become very difficult to beat. Um, and they're the type of players that I don't think they can, you know, if they're on the other side of the draw to Shriotek, I don't think we need to worry as much. I don't think right. they're getting to the final. Yep. So I don't think they can provide that top level for enough matches to, to get to that matchup. What Shriotek's done really well the last year or so is that she's kind of brought her like lowest level, she's kind of brought that up a little bit. Yeah, right. So she's she's finding more consistency in her she's game only young, overall. Isn't she? Yeah, she is. And so you know, that comes with age and experience. It comes with and, age yeah. and experience. And I think for her, particularly, you know, in the, the start of twenty twenty two, she was looking, you know, Barty was the, the top player by yep. the length of Flemington Strait. Then she pulls the pin and retires and all of a sudden all the attention goes to to Eager. Nice little racing reference. Yeah, well, I, so yeah, I enjoyed I, that. I thought I'd, I, I thought I'd give it a go. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um so now she's now, she's the hunted, mm. so to speak. She won two two tournaments in 2022? Yep. So she's, and she went on a ridiculous winning streak through kind of the middle of the year as well. Um, I think, you know, when you, when you look at her and you look at the players, you know, she lost at the WTA Tour Finals to Sabalenka. It's another player who, you know, has the potential to beat her. And I think, you know, if you're sitting there and looking at the 270, when we talk about the, um, you know, working on the exchange a little bit later, there might be a, another option that you can consider maybe for Eager just to get a little bit more value than that 270. Yeah. And we talked about this um, off air as well. The women's three sets, there's got to be more variance in a three set match. And the matches, obviously, if an outsider of the two, if Eager Swiatek's playing number 50 in the world mm-hmm. and number 50 in the world takes first set off her, the odds change dramatically as opposed to a men's where best of five it evens out more in, in more sets. So the the variance in a shorter tennis match makes the markets much more volatile. Yeah, definitely. And that's why, and you know, you see people who push for kind of Serena Williams to be considered the, the best player of all time. It's because she's won all these grand slams in the best of three set format. So she's needing to be on her game from the get go yep. consistently. And I think that's the thing with the women. So, you know, if you look at, at Ego, if, 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 she, if she were to, um, you know, lose the first set of a match, her odds in the outright market are going to balloon out a little bit more than say if Novak were to do the same thing yep. just because you know it, you drop a set in the women's game and you're, you're one set from you know getting your, your plane home so it, it's really trying to find that balance um, particularly in the women's game and that's why that 270 probably doesn't appeal from a backing perspective but she's playing so well and she's so far you know on her best she can she can match it with anyone and, and yep. beat beat anyone probably outside that top 50 relatively comfortably so i think that's kind of a key thing to consider for her interesting so just wrapping up the women's are we looking to back on jabour at 16 50 17 dollars with a trading perspective if she gets deeper into the tournament yeah and i think looking to then lay out probably when you get to that kind of quarterfinals depending a little bit on the draw um in in that perspective but you know kind of scrolling down if you want some other players who are a little bit further down in the market we want some things at big odds that we can trade out later in the tournament please well one that um i actually did put up on twitter yesterday but marketa von drusova um she's kind of on the comeback trail she didn't play in the the back end of last year 70 dollars she was a hundreds yesterday but she had a good win taken some of that well yeah, just, just, just a little bit. You can trade um, out now. You've already yeah. made your money for the tournament. So good. Um, when you're looking at those kind of players, particularly <clears> before <throat> the draw, you know she's the type of player that matches up against power hitters and players who are a little bit more defensive and can cover the court well. She's got kind of more. Um, she's got a lot of tools to 
to use to be able to beat different styles. Um, so she's probably one to consider. And the other one is um, Veronica Kudamatova from a, a trading perspective. Um, 44 at the moment. Yeah, snuck, in, yeah. snuck into the top 10 at the end of last year um, and has looked really good in, in Adelaide this week. Um, you know, knocked off um, Bianca Andreescu, who's won some Grand Slams. She was four love down in the first set and won 12 games in a row. Game over. <coughs> so, handy. yeah, very, very handy. But she's, she's starting to find that consistency with her game. So she's one to yep. keep an eye on as well. So Kurdimatova and Vondrasova yep. are the two at $44 and $70. Go and have a bet there. Take those and trade out later. And the other one, um, Onzjabor at $16.50, $17 might be the, the three to play and trade. Um, we're talking about trading. Yep. Let's get back to school. Now, trading on Betfair, it's unique in Betfair because Betfair is an exchange. It's like a stock market. Mm-hmm. So odds fluctuate and the beauty of tennis is that the winner's market fluctuates so much throughout a tournament depending on each game, which makes trading fantastic. Is that is that right? Is that what you do? Yeah. And look, there, there's so many options. Yep. Uh, and when you look across the course of the entire fortnight, um, and I think that's the thing of what I just want to talk about with Triontech, you know, you, you're currently sitting at, you know, to back her, you're getting $2.72 and to lay, you're getting kind of $2.78. Yep. Um, if she were to find herself in the first week in a little bit of trouble in some capacity, it might be, you know, her opponent serving for the set um, or she's just started really sluggishly or, you know, for whatever reason it might be, that may creep out a little bit, you know, beyond three, up to 350. You know, if she drops a set, maybe to four. Um, yep. You know, if you're watching the match, you can kind of keep an eye on it and just have the exchange open and, and just sit there and see what, what happens. Um, but there, there is a lot of volatility, particularly if a player who is at the top of the market finds himself deep in a you know third set for the women's or fifth set for the men's. You know, one way or the other, you know, they, they, we're going to see some big moves. So I think, you know, a great example was, you know, a couple of years ago, Novak Djokovic was playing Taylor Fritz here, mm-hmm. um, tore his abdominal muscle and was really struggling to even get around the court. Um, I think that was the year that then they kicked everyone out at midnight or 11 p.m. <laughs> or whenever it was that the crowd all had to go home. And he got out to about 80s and 90s in the outright market, Novak, um, came back and won that match and then went on to win the entire tournament. So, you know, if, you, if you're aware of kind of what's going <laughs> on and knowing that kind of Novak's got that level above everyone else and he's got a little bit of reserve to work with, um, that you can sit there and go, mm-hmm. you know what, I didn't like Novak at... Was he playing funny buggers? Well... There is also that, but it is something to consider with a lot of these instances. You know, I I know, and you because you watch so much tennis would be able to pick up. You have an awareness of it, and you know, you could probably also pinpoint, you know, Nick Kyrgios at at Wimbledon last year. You know, everyone remembers that he made the final, but not many remember that I think he was down break points in the fifth set in the first round against a local UK player, and you know, his his odds ballooned out a little bit. And there's these things that you can kind of pick up on that if you're sitting there that you can start to try and find some some better prices. So I think that's the thing of. You know, using Von Drusever as an example at 70s, yep. you know, if you were to put money on that and she were to make it into the second week, that then you can lay and kind of use that potential winnings and, you know, work your way through and, and, and try and get yourself in a position where, you know, ideally you, you have a lot of green numbers ending up in your, your book you yep. know, when, when we get to the end of the, the fortnight. Yeah, the old green book. And hopefully you can back high and lay low. It's an exchange and, and win that way. And, and that's the beauty of Betfair. So you can do that all on the click of a button at betfair.com. You don't forget to gamble responsibly. But if you take the 70s and she wins a couple of matches, um, Vondrasova and comes into 40s, mm-hmm. you've made money either way. You can layer at 40s and 
It's the beauty of Betfair, which is unlike any other um, WSP, which is fantastic. So that's trading, and that's yep. that's the beauty of tennis as well because it comes down a point, and the scoring systems makes it really interesting. So just trade on the Betfair futures markets. Have them open while you're watching the tennis and make small profit along the way and just chip away at it, and you'll, it'll end up being big throughout the tournament. So that's fantastic advice there. Um, let's get to the men's, and we've got Jocker. Novak Djokovic, $2.22 at the moment, betfair.com.au. Alcaraz, $8.60. Um, Medvedev, $9.20. Nadal, $18.50, defending his title. Um, Kyrgios, 23s, adds a lot of interest. And then you've got Holger Rune, which is um, an interesting young 19-year-old as well, $32. And Tsitsipas is firmed a little bit, $24. So plenty going on there. But is it Djokovic or bust? Is it is he the outright favourite, deserves to win? He's not seeded one, which adds a different element as well. Yeah, I mean, look, he's sitting around that yeah, 220, 222 at the moment. And, you know, it's hard. It's a little bit like Shriotek. It, it is, it's hard to kind of go confidently into, you know, backing into that for a, a fortnight at the moment off. You know, he hasn't played as much tennis over the last 12 months. When we, What we've seen from him has been fantastic. Um, but we just, you know, there's a couple of kind of late third set type moments. You know, we saw, and you mentioned Holger Rune. Um, you know, beat him in, in Paris in the final there in, in three sets. I think that the best of five set dynamic really helps Novak so long as it's not kind of 35 plus degrees, um, you know, through the Australian Open at the start. I think that could potentially throw him off a little bit um, having not played as much tennis. But look, I think this is probably going to be one of the more wide open Australian Opens that we've seen. Seems and like none of them have played any tennis. Well, that's the like, thing. Djokovic so the, the, has been out for a while. Alcaraz is okay, but he's a bit injured, isn't he? Uh, Medvedev yeah. might be the form player who's played probably the most in the lead-up. Nadal's getting old. Kyrgios hasn't played. Yeah, so, and that that's what makes this a little bit tricky, but then I think the draw is going to be crucial with this. Right. So when you look at the live rankings at the moment, we've got Carlos Alcaraz at one and Kasper Ruud at two. Not the most... You know, when you compare back to probably the last 15 years when that's mainly been filled by the likes of Nadal, Djokovic and Federer, yes. <laughs> things look a little bit different now. Which is good, huh? Yeah, which, which is good. And, and what makes it a little bit trickier is that Novak sits probably going to be coming in as the fifth seed. Um, so he could fall into kind of any any quarter. Mm, um, which makes it hard. Which makes it a little bit tricky, but it means that you know that he's, he's not going to fall into the same quarter as those who are sixth, seventh and eighth. Right. So you can kind of work around that a little bit. And one of those plays is Daniil Medvedev. Yes. So you know that if you're going to jump into Medvedev at the nines, that you're not going to get Novak until at least the the semifinals, yep. which becomes appealing. Um, but yeah, like you said... Are you recommending a bet at $9.20, $9.40? I would from a trading perspective. From a trading? Yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you... That's the beauty of Betfair. It doesn't yeah. mean you have to. He has to win. Yeah, but uh, he might be five dollars at some point in the tournament. He might and, be three dollars. And he becomes one of those players we saw last year. Made it to the final. Was two sets to love up on on Rafael Nadal in the Tried final. Out, yeah, yeah. And, and you can just find your spots with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it, it's really tricky because you look at the, those top names. Nadal hasn't won since the the tour resumed. Kyrgios hasn't played except for some exhibitions since the tour resumed. Same with Alcaraz. He got injured at the end of last year it is hard to marry up and these players are going to go from playing not a lot of tennis straight into best of five in you know potentially some pretty warm conditions so it is going to be a little bit tricky but i think you know if you wanted to start pre you know before the draw i think medvedev's a good spot to look at if you wanted to go a little bit lower down um you know maybe a taylor fritz around 44 dollars um he might be one to consider and another one who's looked really good during the united cup is is cameron norrie who probably would struggle in the the kind of semi-finals or final, you know, where to get there against some of the other top names, but you know that he's going to provide a, that consistent level that you're looking for from a trading perspective, that he's not going to just kind of 
you, you don't think he's going to blow up and really struggle in the first round against a, a lesser opponent. Yeah, that's fascinating insight. Djokovic at two dollars twenty two seems short. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and wins his first two matches, does he stay around the same price? Like he, he can't firm too much more until he gets to the deep. Well, gets deep into the tournament, can he? I think yeah. Any firming that would come there is going to be dependent on if the kind of next six to eight make their way through as well. Yeah, true. So right. depending on the quarter and when you look at it, you know, if he's in the same quarter as Nadal and Nadal gets knocked out in the second round, then he's going to come in because his projected path is going to become a little bit easier. Yep. Um, but I think it's 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 a really tricky one to kind of marry up because when you look at it, and like I said, Holger Rune and you've got Carlos Alcaraz who's coming in off not a lot of tennis, these players, you know, they're both 19 years of age. They're having to turn up here, having not played a lot of tennis, to play best of five against... A lot of these players who have, you know, got a decade plus experience under their belt at, at handling what's what's going to happen, yep. it's really going to make for an interesting spot. And just with that, you know, Medvedev being that player that will avoid Novak, um, Felix Auger Aliassim is another one who will probably fall in a different quarter. So he's another one to, to maybe consider dollars. that, you yep. know, finish the year really, really strongly. Struggled in Adelaide, lost to Popper in first up, but I don't think that's a, a, a big issue. Um, that 24s is probably tempting just from a, a small trading perspective. Very good. Very good. Um, any final thoughts to add before we get into your best bets or best trades? Um, oh, look, I think there's just, particularly through the, the Australian summer, there's a lot of players that will pop up onto screen that, you know, people probably haven't seen before. Um, and a couple of players to really watch. I've mentioned Holger Rune yep. in the men's, but two others are Lorenzo Mazzetti, who's um, been playing, you know, for Italy in the United Cup and, and had a really impressive... Uh, 2022 season um, and Jack Draper from the UK um, kind of fallen under the radar a little bit didn't come out here last year um, he was playing challenger uh, level tournaments you know ranked in the 200s and you know now he's working his way kind of you know he should be seated at, at Grand Slams in the next couple of months interesting there are a couple of players to watch yep. um, they're the players that could potentially you know against these top players kind of win a set or two and you know you, you always hear those stories every year and Auger Aliassim has been one in the last couple of years who, you know, win a couple of sets against Novak or Medvedev or someone and just fall in five. They kind of fall off a bit yep. physically. I think they're probably the three players, so Draper, Mazzetti and Runa at Grand Slam level who will probably take their game to that next level this year. Um, Runa is only 19. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he's he took... Rewind 12 months. He's in Australia playing and he's cramping at the end of third sets after playing less than two hours on court yeah. go to November he's playing Novak Djokovic in a Masters 1000 final and beating going toe to toe with him physically right until the very end and beating him in three sets Amazing. so you see these players where you go you know what they're going to challenge and they're going to you know their best is good enough it's just about whether they can actually match it for that you know for the, across five sets against the best yep yep no, I assume that's a lot of the difference uh, along with the mental capacity and maturity I guess um, alright let's get to your better bets before we wrap up yep best what are we doing Tell, talk to us so I think if we start with the women's so from that trading perspective just looking at it so it's Marketa Von Drusova yes um, at the, the 70s that's available at the moment I still think that's that's good value um, I think she is one that is going to be um, a threat as an unseeded player and I think if she finds herself in the right part of the draw that she could be able to knock off a seed and be able to make the most of you know the, the draw that was afforded to them yep. um, so I think she's probably the one that at the longer odds that appeals so it's that trading play of Anjabor 
because we know that she's the number two seed. She's going to be on the other half of the draw to Shriontek. Um, and, and it's going to be a slightly smoother path for her compared to some of the other top names. Yes. Um, and Veronica Kudamatova. Um, so, you know, another player. So she's seeded, so she should get a stronger start here um, and, and a, a more favourable draw than she's seen in the past. Um, and she's she's playing some in, impressive tennis. I think she made 10 quarterfinals last year. She's she's showing that she's starting to, to put everything together now that she's in a kind of, you know, moving towards that mid-20s um, in, in age. And she's she's been around the tour long enough to know what it's all about. So I think there are probably some, some names to keep an eye on. Yep. If we right. get to late in the tournament... I think Sabalenka is a potential to knock off um, Shwiatek, but I don't think I can get involved in the 1350 that's available for her at the moment. I think I need to see her through the first week before jumping in. So those prices should still be quite long if, if Eager's still in the tournament. Good advice. And head to betfair.com.au forward slash hub as well. Um, find all the previews because Steve will be running through when to back, when to lay off, talking all things strategy, trading throughout the tournament. So if you're questioning when to jump off or what prices to lay off when you've got these Medvedev at 960 and he comes into fours do we lay off do we what do we do head to betfair.com to do forward slash hub and Steve will tell you all about it or follow him on ace underscore previews men's yep I just might have given it away is it Medvedev I think Medvedev at the current odds yep. yeah so you're looking at him you know he's he's fit he's playing tennis He's ticked a couple of the early Sounds boxes obvious, that you but really nobody want. Players are. <laughs> yeah, so you know he, he is playing and, and looking at the current. And he made the final last year. Yeah, looking at the current setup as well, you know I, I think that is the best scenario for him. He shouldn't fall into Novak's um, quarter of the draw, so should be able to have a, a slightly smoother run. Um, Novak at that two dollars twenty-two, probably a little bit short. But what I might, you know, I'll probably wait till the draw comes out. I'm probably going to keep him safe. So. You know, when I when I look at my book overall, at the very worst, there's a zero point zero zero sitting next to Novak's any. name. Yeah. Um. You know, in the past, going into finals with a, a red number next to Novak's never overly <laughs> enjoyable. Um. So just trying to kind of keep him safe a little bit. Yeah. Um. And and I may not do that all before the tournament. I might kind of chip set away. up a little bit and you know chip away and set up a four do, you know a four dollar odds back. Um. That that may get matched. Um. You know, there's a couple of things that you can consider there. Um. And then you're yeah, looking further down. Uh, Taylor Fritz around that $44 um, is a is a decent trading option. If you want someone who's a little bit safer in terms of their level and performance and what they can produce, and you got three probably in Casper Ruud, Cameron Norrie, and um, you know even Alex Dimonor, you're kind of getting 200s, can potentially make the second week. You know yep. what you're going to get from these players. They're going to give 100% effort. They're going to make it difficult for their opposition to be able to, you know, to beat them. They're the players that you want on your side when you're, you're trading, particularly over the course of a fortnight. Fascinating. Before we wrap up, we've got to be quick. Um, Nick Kyrgios. Obviously, everyone talks about him. He's the most talked about tennis player, especially here in Australia. $23. He comes mm-hmm. here not having played much tennis. Firstly, I, I think he's playing a practice match against Djokovic. They hated each other two years ago. Suddenly, they're best friends. <laughs> That's in the lay-bin. Um, what do you make of him in a sentence or two really quickly? It's just difficult until you see him on court. I just yep. don't think you can make a call until you see him physically play a match. And, and it's best of five on hard court. It's a little bit tougher on his knees. If he's if he's got an ankle or a knee issue or whatever he's saying that it is, <laughs> um, it's you're just going to have to wait and see. I think. Yep. And if you're really getting if you're getting involved with him at the start of the tournament, I think it's being aware or at least watching his matches because you can see the mood shift and pivot on a dime when you're talking about Nick, and that you go. Good trading. You might be able to potentially lay out of that um, if needed. 
but yeah, it's it's worth considering that you know his best can match it with anyone. It's just can he can he provide that for seven matches in a row? Good in good advice. Um, you're the best in the business. Thank you so much for joining me, Steve. Been an absolute pleasure. Don't forget to head over to betfair.com.au forward slash hub or betfair.com.au tennis markets. Um, all the information from Steve will be out throughout the tournament and leading up. Um, we've got a, 10 days or so to the start of the tournament. So thanks, Steve. Been a pleasure. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for joining us on Layback with Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.